0: Well, today I'm here with uh, Jay and Jamie Brown. Uh, we got acquainted with them several years ago when we ministered in Southern Ohio and uh, became acquaintances and friends. And uh, it is great to be able to have a few moments and talk with them. Uh, you guys, why don't you take a moment and just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about you and your family.
1: Well, my name is Jay. Um, I'm a... Um... Make it short and sweet. I had a, as far as my church background, I, I had had none, had absolutely no church background at all. Um, was raised in a non-Christian home, um, up until the time when I got uh, saved. I was probably in church three or four times, and and that was probably funerals and weddings. Um, and I get on our um, our kids at church a lot about. Um, I went through as far as I can remember 12 years of school and was never once asked to church as far as I can remember and that's that's shameful uh, but um make this uh, like I said make it short but sweet but um I married my high school sweetheart she was um a senior in high school I had just graduated and we we started dating and and we dated for a few years, got married, and, and just the way that the Lord works. I mean, I, I was on a, I wasn't what you would say, a, I wasn't a drug addict. I wasn't, you know, getting into trouble. I was I, mean, I was working, uh, doing, you know, doing what I could to support my family, but I was nowhere near where I should be with the Lord, and, and when we got married in 93, um, uh, the Lord placed us up on, up on the, up on the ridge, and just so happened to be right beside my wife's grandpa, who was a deacon of our church. And I feel that that's where uh, the prayer started falling for me, especially, and for my wife. And it was just a few years later um, that I gave my life to the Lord in, in 96. And um, so I'm coming up on that time where uh, I'm, all, I'm almost been serving the Lord half my life. I think next, maybe my next birthday, it would be 26 as a heathen, 26 years as a Christian. So I'm thankful for that. Um, but over the years, um, uh, kind of my quick testimony, we, we started at Swagger Valley church, uh, when we both were saved, she started, she got saved a year and a half or so before I did. And we started serving the Lord together in a small church, 30, 35 people there or so. And, uh, we, we just kind of kicked in and done what we could. And the church, slowly but surely grew, and um, I think it was in the early 2000s, the Lord called me to be a deacon of the church. Over the years, I've had a, a singing ministry of me, and some guys would travel out and sing in different churches, and, and especially at our home church, and, and then we've been, been youth leaders, uh, teen youth leaders throughout the years, and took several mission trips, and and um, I, I just just messaged my pastor just the other day. He had he had sent me a message and said, you know, I'm thankful for what you do. And my reply to him was uh, my greatest joy in life is doing things for him. Not not our pastor, but for God, if, whether it's, you know, sweeping the, the porch of the church or vacuuming or singing or or changing a light bulb. Um, you can ask my wife. My I, I love to just usually by myself. I like to just go to the church and just find something to do. <laughs> And I, I've done that a lot over the years, and uh, I'm just thankful for his faithfulness and his goodness.
2: And I'm his wife, Jamie. Um, goodness, and I'll I guess give my testimony. Um, it's actually coming up on; it'll be 27 years um, on the 26th of this month. It was it's my physical birthday. I'll be 50 in the flesh, but I feel 90, and we'll get into that story later. Um, but probably even older than that. Uh, but I'm um, mid or um, pretty young in the Lord. Um, like I said, about 20, 27 years. Um, I was raised like my mom and my dad didn't go to church, but they would drop us off me and my sister off at, at my mama and papa's house. And, um, they took us to church all of our childhood, um, didn't stay for preaching much, um, just for the Sunday school. Then mom would pick us up. Um, but I remember being convicted as a child, but I never gave in, um, and I know the enemy's voice, um, always said, you know, he's not talking, he's, a, he's talking to adults, you know, so I would never, I would be too ashamed to write, raise it back up or to leap my hand up during invitation. So, uh, eighth grade, I decided on my own not to go back to church. Mom and dad weren't going to make me, um, I got embarrassed and it was just like, that was what the devil used until I was an adult. Um, when a couple of times met, some, um, just to fulfill some invitations and. Um, and I went by myself. Justin was born. Um, my husband, Jay, stayed home, but it was, I went to church with Justin. He was five months old um, on the 26th of this month, and um, I didn't even remember where I put, I mean, where Justin was when I got saved, but I remember, don't even remember the message. Uh, Danny Lane was preaching, and um, must have handed off my my baby, but I, I asked my mamaw, how how do you get saved? Boy, and she took me straight to the altar, and I mean, the rest is history, but it um, took me a little bit. I remember burdening for my husband and for my mom. I mean, when I got saved, my, my sister was lost. My mom was lost. My husband was lost. The people closest to me were, were lost and felt kind of by myself. And so it was kind of a, um, a lonely road, but I knew he was with me. And then my mom and papa weren't my neighbors. Um, once he got saved, though, it was like, that's when my growth really kicked in um, I, I fell in love with his word. His word is life to me, to us. Um, and once we get into the story, you know, my cancer story, it's, it's just, it's the life, my lifeline, Jesus. Um, but anyway, teaching, um, the gift, um, he just put that on my heart, the love of teaching. Um, he impressed upon me to homeschool where me and your wife, (laughs) we became close. Um, And then we got a whole, you know, a whole family of homeschool moms that grew and that grew and grew until we outgrew different churches to, to help, you know, to hold our little times together. Um, And then I, you know, I taught in, in church, Sunday school, um, Bible schools, um, women, I speak to, you know, different groups of women. I just love his word. I love to be able to just to share and talk about his word. Not, I don't even have to like teach it, but I just love to open up his word and hear from him. And then be able to share about what, I, you know, what I've heard. Um, yeah, that's you mentioned me in a nutshell. I've teach the teens right now. We are youth leaders, but we haven't really kicked back into youth because of my health and also COVID and things have put a little bit of a pause on that. Um, about our family, um, we did raise two kids, Justin um, and Gabby. And they're both married, happily married, both serving in their churches. Uh, Justin and Emmy, um, they foster two boys, and now and they have adopted. We've been a a year since they've adopted. um, The boys love them, and they were ours. I mean, from you know the first second. Um, Then they since had little Louie. I'm sure you've um, you know the story there with little Louie. Had some really bad news when she was pregnant. Um, Some of the worst news, um, possibilities of him not even living, um, but the Lord changed that. Um, He did have some um, malformations, some missing bones. And um, so we've, he's had a double amputation um, from knee down on his little legs and some um, deformities of his hands, but nothing stops him. He's got some prosthetic legs now and nothing keeps him down. Um, He's almost a year and a half and going strong, loves his big brothers. Right now, they're actually doing a respite um, with them, um, another little foster child for a week. They said, just adding to their little herd, <laughs> it's wonderful. And Gab and Nate um, are loving life and kicking in there, part of the, um, the worship team there. So, yeah, it's God is good. Yeah, God is good no matter what.
0: Amen. Take me back a little bit, Jamie, when you first gave your heart to Christ, and your husband wasn't saved did you go home that day immediately and share with him what happened or did you kind of wait and kind of let it come naturally kind of kind of share that year and a half or so that that you were felt like you said a little bit by yourself until until uh
2: that was I mean that was hard I was just talking about that to some some people um really that seemed like a long year and a half um I did tell him it was hard, because I didn't know, I knew he didn't know much about church, or even, you know, about being born again, and stuff like that, and so just telling him, I was like, I just didn't know how he was going to take it, and I remember him saying these words, as long as you don't change, he just said, as long as you don't change, and I said, well, I don't plan on changing, I mean, I'm, whatever the, God, you know, God does, or whatever, I'm like, um, you know, young, not not wanting to rock the boat, but you know, being faithful, going, going to church. I try to be faithful. Um, you know, Mama was a real encouragement, Mama and Papa, and, and just the people at the church. Um, so I went, me and Justin, uh, I didn't invite him to go the first, I don't know how long, and he would go, uh, but I would be, I would get a little attitude. This is what I was sharing with my friends the other day, um, when he wouldn't go to the altar. You know, I mean, you want it so bad, you know, I wanted it so bad for him so i decided i stopped asking him um, because it wasn't doing him a bit of good and it was really um dimming my light because of the attitude i would get and I, I thought you know god can work on him how because i believe it's in the book of peter where he talks about you know the how i live how my light you know the general, you know, meek spirit how i just conduct my life and um he's real in me so i know he's going to do something and he's faithful and so I just, I just kept staying faithful to Jesus. And I remember one day and it wasn't too long before he gave his heart to the Lord. I remember he saying, you said you weren't changed. You know, I, the Lord must've been all over me because he just, he, I remember him saying that it hurt my feelings, but then at, at the same time, it's like, okay, he sees a difference in me now. You know, he goes, you, were, I, I thought you were going to change. But anyway, it went long after that. And then he asked me if he could go to church with me and Justin, um, gosh, and it wasn't, I think, probably less than a month after that, um, he asked if I would go to the altar with him, and um, he prayed, and, and God gloriously saved him, but it was long, it was a long, you know, I mean, just, um,
0: it
1: was a long year and a half for me, too,
2: <laughs> yeah, because he was convicted, <laughs> the Lord, you know, um, he saw the change,
0: And when he asked you to go to the altar, I bet he didn't have to ask twice, did he?
2: No, no. (laughs) The Lord, it was like the Lord already spoke to my heart about it. Um, And, you know, because I was pregnant, early pregnant with um, Gabby at the same time. So it was just like, the Lord was um, blessing big time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he just, he's never looked back.
0: Yeah. That's awesome to hear stories. I don't know that we've ever sat down and really I've ever heard your entire testimony, so I appreciate you sharing that. You mentioned a couple of times uh, about cancer, and um, I know that that's, that's been a long journey for you guys. Uh, I don't know who would like to share, at least to start with, kind of what happened, you know, when you, what led you, I guess, to, to know something was going on, and and kind of just share a little bit about what you're comfortable with as far as that journey goes.
1: She's definitely a lot better with the dates and stuff like that. So it's probably going to be
2: best for her. her. I'll never forget. um, It was um, 2009, July, the end of July. It was um, camp, church camp at Mount Hope Bible Camp. Give a shout out to them. um, That place the Lord has used so much. I was a cabin leader and I, that's what I worked as. I think one year out of the, oh gosh, I don't know how long i had been working there, year after year for several up to that point. And I think only one of those years I worked in the kitchen just because my background check didn't come in. But anyway, I was, I'm usually with the kids in the cabin, you know, active, um, but for the last, probably the fir- three or four years prior to that, I, re- I knew my energy. There was just something different about my energy, and I wasn't able to keep up with the kids like I wanted to. Oh, well, I, I, I tried it, and I, I did it by the grace of God, but it, it wore me out big time. And I wasn't an old woman, you know. I was, I was not old, so I shouldn't have been feeling like that. But we doctored for it, and just never did find out. Knew I was anemic, but didn't know why. So we just treated the symptoms. Um. That year of two thousand nine July, that in that my year of camp, um. That week was pretty good, um, you know. Felt the same way. But at the end, we played Sadie Hawkins on Thursday. I remember that, and I dove into the woods trying to escape the campers. And I, something in my gut just got, did not feel right when I hit the ground. Um, it was a, just a different kind of feeling, um, painful kind of, but not not so much painful. Just weird. Anyway, I felt sprung up, felt fine. Didn't feel any different um got home Saturday morning doing great we met um Teresa and John Jolly um for for lunch um felt fine did great woke up the next day couldn't I couldn't really walk you know, on a Sunday could I did was not uncomfortable sitting down um and I knew I I knew something was up just um just didn't know quite right I just thought maybe my system was out of whack because of being at camp for a week Gave a couple days and I told my sister, um, I just like, you know, something's, I think something's up. Called my doctor who I would have normally would go see. He was out of town. It was just like the devil's fighting. Um, Called another doctor and it was gonna be another week before I got to see her. Um, Knew this whole time, something's up. Um, I remember, I mean, that Sunday I woke up and couldn't walk, couldn't hardly walk, couldn't hardly sit down. We had a, a special service outside. Walking across Swalgar Valley Road felt like a mile. Um, special singing came, and you know, and came, or we had them for that service. And there was a song called "You and Me." And it just spoke volumes to me that day. And it was just about when it comes down to it, um this lady had cancer. and it was it was like, um one of the youth had written a song about this. And um, it just spoke. But I thought it was really speaking about my mom because the woman's name was Brenda, I believe. Anyway, um, really didn't take it to be me, me. Uh, but after I found out, because that um, week when I did get uh, into the doctor, she confirmed everything that I was feeling. I had a tumor size of about a softball, um, baby size head, you know, baby head um, inside me. Didn't know if it was cancer or anything, but knew it was a big tumor. And, um, That was August 10th, August 4th is when I felt, when I knew August 10th, um, it was confirmed August 20th. I was in Columbus for the checkup. They sent me to Columbus automatically to OSU James. And then by the 31st of that month, I was having major surgery in 2009. Still didn't know if it was cancer um, until the PATH report, which was, it took a couple of weeks. It was rare. at that time they they didn't see a lot of it and um it came back as a gist a gi stromal tumor it's a sarcoma type um incurable um they said that they you know to take it out was been the best thing and they took it out successfully i went on um it's supposed to have been a year of um preventative ke- um, chemo and in eight, at eight months it had started to ha- be real adverse um, in its effects so they just said stop because there was really no tumors that I was fighting. It was just, just just in case. So unknown. They just did not know how it would affect survivability. Um, We knew we were in God's hands and we just trusted him. Um, Kept checkups twice a year for five, once a year for five more years at my graduation is when, um, you know, I left that day. And then eight days later, they called me back and said, yeah, it's back. 2019. Um, but I did those 10 years, I'm telling you, the youth came back. I was energetic. I mean, if I didn't know, I wouldn't have never thought I had cancer. You know, I mean, it was I lived a very normal, wonderful, productive, energetic life. Um, but when I was first I, you know, my kids were younger and I just kept praying those mild, you know, just different, like Lord, let me just raise my kids and get them out of, you know, let me. I was homeschooling and God had told me to homeschool. And I, I mean, I really, it wasn't even the fear of the the tumor of cancer. It was like, I'm going to have to put my kids back in public school. I really did. That was a burden on my heart. Um, anyway, I just wanted to raise them and God just let me see everything. You know, I didn't pray for the big things all at once. I just, you know, baby steps for them to graduate high school, then college. And then, um, they're special you know the one that god was going to send them for the rest of their life and i saw them both you know married and then i, I started praying for grandbabies and and it's just um, god has seen us through he has sustained um, every day so
1: I'm up now.
2: oh yeah so um see gabby was we were planning her wedding it was 2019 um and her wedding was going to be September twenty-first. Well, August thirteenth um, was my my graduation date. If you want, if you will, it was that ten-year mark going to go? Everything had been fine prior. Went. Everything was fine. I got a picture with my doctor, and we celebrated. And um, and then we were at a um, we met to finalize her wedding, and we're at Hobby Lobby. Um, me and um, Gabby. And I got a call from OSU, and I was like. You know, I almost didn't answer it. I answered it and they said they had revisited my um, scan. To this day, I'm not sure why, unless it was just the research team, but we know why. <laughs> um, and they said, it's, it's not scar tissue. It's nodularity. And um, they said, we need you to get up to the sarcoma team. I mean, it was just boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, I don't want to do anything until October. I said, my daughter's wedding is at the end of September. I don't want to do anything before that. And so October, um, we went up. Um, found out our options um, and had surgery the 22nd of October. and I'm gonna let him tell him that because he probably, he can tell a little bit better because I was pretty much out of it because I had the surgery. So um, going in thinking, you know, we thought they took out the first tumor. Let's just open me back up and let's get rid of what we see. And
1: But well, when the, when I planned the surgery the second time, they on the scans, they was able to see, A few, I said pea-sized tumors. Um, I don't know three or four. I think it was right.
2: It's all the scan shape.
1: And um, of course, the plan was to to go and do another surgery, take out those three or four little tumors, and and you know be back on another uh, regimen of chemo. And well, it it was the day of the surgery. We were we all there, of course. And of course, it's a pretty major surgery. We open open her up the way they did, and. And we were, of course, waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally the doctor came out and, and what the, the doctor pretty much gave us probably the worst news we could probably hear at the time is she, she kind of used the description of, um, of a dandelion. She said when they opened her up, they did see the three or four you know tumors that they could see on the scans. But if you would take a dandelion and just take them blow the head off and where all those little things land, she She said that those that's kind of the way her cancer was. It was just kind of little spots all over pretty much everything that they could see, uh, including her bladder or her um small intestines, large intestines everything you know in her lower abdomen so they basically just uh, uh didn't take anything out didn't didn't remove anything biopsied. just biopsied and 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 sewed her back up
2: yeah um. And that's when I came to and was aware, that's when, that's how she described it. She just said it was hundreds of places. Um, Boy, for me, it was a a quick recovery though, because of, they didn't have to remove anything major like they did in 2009, that was hard. Um, But, so I recovered, um, went uh, to see what chemo, because that was, the doctor kept emphasizing, this is gonna be pretty much, I mean, this is treatment for life, because it's still incurable. Um, you know, for it to come back is not a good situation anyway. Um, but for this situation, it was not good. um, they they end up put me back on the one that I had stopped, you know, the ten years prior um because um, that was just the go-to. Um, it had the most results for most patients. Um, within a month, it had almost killed my liver. Um, I got um, toxic hepatically. It must, my it was just awful. The numbers were out of the out of this world, and so I had to go off chemo for a month to recoup. recoup. And we prayed, and they said that there he came. My doctor came across the um, clinical trial. Just happened to, it just happened. There's no no happen you know happenings like that. God God orchestrates, and um, there was one more chemo that I could have taken after Gleevec. Um, but it was known to kill your liver and they did not want to do that again. Um, but my only other option was this clinical trial and the two medicines that were involved in the trial was the, the actual like experimental drug or the student, which was the one that was known to kill your liver. And so we knew our options was student or this new one that nobody knew much about um, is up there's 397 of us in this clinical trial around the world. Um, I end up getting the um, experimental medicine. Um, thank you, Lord. Um, it's called Repritinib, um, been on it um, two years, a little over two, years, February was two years. I'm supposed to go off of it in two years, but um, the, the sponsor has decided to, to keep me on. They keep an eye on uh, my heart and things like that because there's, there's lots of side effects. of course with Gleevec, I didn't lose my hair with this one I did. Um, I have a little bit, but, you know, um, but it's just here. Um, but my heart has been, there's been things lately that's been showing up. So, um, right now, cause I, I was doing pretty well until December and I started heart palpitations. And so we're really, we're at an unknown spot right now. I go to Tuesday, um, to, I've been on off of the chemo for almost two weeks, um, to see If it was a chemo doing the heart thing, or if I growth um, that's causing um, my symptoms, we just don't know right now. So there's a lot of unknowns presently. Um, Supposed to go back on it on Tuesday, but not sure. I see a cardiologist in a couple of weeks as well. That's where we are still trusting and God is is good.
0: I think I know the answer to this question, but uh what has sustained you guys through both of these journeys? What, what have been some things that have got you through on those? I know some days are tougher than others and, and, uh, the unknowns and, and as you said, praying for those milestones and what what has gotten you through those things and to still be able to say today, all these years later, God is good.
1: Well, definitely. I mean, the obvious answer is is God Himself. I mean, He's definitely the sustainer and and the one that's there to to help us through all all these uh, all of life's journey, whether it's a situation we're in or or something way smaller than that. It's it's He's there for for all things. And and, uh, and another thing that's been a huge huge part of in this journey is is not only our physical family but our, our church family. They've been there with us step step for step and. Always someone there to step in to to help, you know. Whether it's to to take her to Columbus for an appointment, so I don't have to miss so much work, or or to fill in for a Sunday school class, or or uh, like I said, just just anything. Whether it's you know uh, you know we're just needing someone to to help with anything. Whether it's like I said, we moved a year and a half ago. We we had plenty of help doing that, and um, it's just just continuously people pouring out. Not, all, not only not um, only prayers, but but physical help, and and that's something that's definitely helped helped help us through this journey.
2: I'm put legs on prayers. Um, I had some prior to my um, you know cancer diagnosis. I had some wonderful ladies that were in my life um, that I worked with in my um, Christian infancy. I would say, um, when I, I started working at Dr. Pettit's office as a very young Christian and two ladies there, I watched them both, I mean, live out Christ, but also die in Christ. Um, Donna Noll and, and Mara Pillay. Um, Mara Pillay was a temple Baptist a pastor's wife. And then Donna went to um, Twin Valley Baptist, but those ladies and Donna specifically had cancer, it came back on her, um, never seen her complain, she worked through it, um, and I mean, God always sends what we need, and I know those, the walk of those two ladies, um, and, and Mara, you know, she was given a luncheon for the missions build, and she collapsed right there, and they were recording this, this, you know, she was speaking, she said, that, um he has begun a good work, and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, and she, she died, she had her cerebral hemorrhage and, and just passed away. She was with him. She said his name and was with him in the next second. Um, and then we, that we heard that uh, meeting during her memorial. And, and it was her husband who was leading this memorial and the hope um, that he had, I mean, it is important that we practice what we preach. You know, God is good. Um, our goal was heaven with him for eternity. And if we don't live that out, you know, they did. They made a difference in my life by just watching their, their lives. Um, and so when mine came, same God, um, same one that I've been preaching about, been teaching about, um, he, he was there. And he did some, some things that man can't do, even in my own life, in my, in my journey through this cancer. You know, I had another little small tumor that was there, didn't know it. Um, when one cat scan didn't have the patient portal up, didn't pull it up. And they just say, Oh, cat scans good. Took it as that. And that was our first uh, Costa Rica trip. Um, came back from the trip, had the next cat scan. They said previous tumor has, um, completely resolved. And I was like, previous tumor. And they looked back and they called it a right ovary. I didn't have ovaries. My ovaries have been gone. So, I mean, things like that, the Lord had shown up and has touched and done things that only he can do. Um, he didn't have to, um, but it just, it just helped me, um, and and his work. I mean, just in timely, you know, fashion, he would show up with the word from um, from someone who I didn't even realize. Letters, um, that song that I was talking about, that that singing group, they called Aftermath. Um, that you and me, I would pull that song out and listen to it over and over again, because um, when it comes down to it, there's nobody. I mean, Jake can go with me, you know, as far as he can, but he's human but Jesus, um, it comes down to you and him, to me and him, um, and he whispers sweet peace, like that song says, his His word, and and through one of the, um, through Mara's testimony, through that memorial service, I fell in love with my life's verse, um, and it's in Philippians 120. Um, I will look it up. Um, it, I, I, want, I don't want to misquote it, but it's talking about um, Magnifying Jesus, whether it be by life or by death, and I want that still. No matter what happens, I want Him to be glorified. I want people to see Him, uh, no matter what. Um, I want it to be obvious.
1: One thing we've made a concerted effort is, you know, a lot of people when they when they come into this situation like we're in, is they want to, and I know you were, even we are, we're we're faced with physical lim- limits. But throughout this whole journey, we've we've instead of sitting back and and you know not doing anything and dwelling on it all the time, we've we've tried to stay busy yes. and continue to push ourselves really to the brink of exhaustion, trying to do what we can for the Lord. And because you know you never know how long you have, you never know what's going to happen. There may come a time when we can't do even what we're doing now. So uh, it's in our best interest and and for the kingdom to to push out there and do what we can for him
2: he whispers live while you live during my first journey that first week probably after the news I probably gave into fear you know um really really wrestled with things and the Lord kept saying live while you live and I went through I ate up the Psalms I stayed in the Psalms I mean every day um and just highlighted things and let the Lord speak to me through that and the Psalms are still near and dear to my heart um but and waiting on him and um, waiting doesn't mean sitting and, and just twiddling your thumbs um you know it's serving and but always listening just waiting for that next you know word of his or or direction or leading but like he said you know, live while you live you're wasting your breath dying because we're all dying and that's the thing because I feel like there's a question mark on top of my head at, at the beginning um, but we all have it um, every single last one of us We don't know the day or the hour we're going, we're leaving this world. So I may just be a little bit more, I don't know if I think blessed because, you know, I know that there's something going on in my body. Um, But to have that realization, I think I try to make things count and we try to make things count more. Um, Try not to waste life. You try to be very on purpose with it because with his purpose. Um, and that's our goal. I do want to read you my verse. Um, it's, like I said, um, Philippians 1.20. It says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. My mammals was the next one. For, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, it's all, it's, it's Jesus. <laughs> He's the one
0: appreciate you guys taking a few minutes and sharing your heart and sharing your story with us um is there anything specific we can pray with you guys about um in the for you guys or for your family Uh, any anything specific we could that those that are watching and listening could pray with you guys about
1: well definitely immediate would be um like i said the last since December, she's been having the issues with her her heart, um, and we're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on with that as quickly as possible, and when I say quickly, as uh, she's already said about the, the other chemos that she's tried, and they, they, they about killed her liver, of course, so we're hoping that there's nothing uh, that can, whether it's her heart or anything else, that can keep her from we don't want her to get knocked off of this this clinical trial that she's on because it seems to be working. As far as I um, mean, she's she's able to be functional, um, uh, and it seems to be doing its job. So we're hoping that, uh, hoping and praying that we can figure out what's going on with her heart. That would probably be the most immediate thing, as far as her physical physical needs.
2: Right. Um. Also, just that my kids don't worry uh, that they can continue to, you know go by what the spirit leads them to do in their church and in and, and their little circle. I don't want to be a distraction to anybody when it comes to their walk or, or, you know, I want to be a help. Um, cause Satan can use, you know what I mean? Satan can use this as well and, and get people's minds off track. Um, I don't want mine or my husband's, you know, I want to be able to, to be a productive. That's, that's my thing. I just want to be a part of an active part of the church. Um, and, and to find out answers, like you said, help help the doctors give them wisdom but I want to be a light to them as well I want God to get the glory for this I don't want the chemo or that's another it's just it's a balance like God's using the chemo but if I don't get to go back on it I don't want to we don't want to panic about that you know I mean I just want that peace um God will have his way but our lost um, we have lost, um, and backslidden that are not faithful to church. Um, if they will just lift up, lift up those, and if somehow my testimony or something in my life, it can be used to get a hold of them. Well, I
0: think the same grace that you have seen in, in those ladies' lives and other people's lives, uh, it's obvious that we see that in your, your, you guys' life as well, and, um, I know God's using that, and we'll continue to use that, and, um, Pray that God will be glorified through your healing. And,
2: Amen. Uh, Amen.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you again for taking a few minutes and sharing this today.
2: Thanks for I've asking been. us, brother. Thank you so much. God bless yes. you. Thank you.